Hey guys, you welcome welcome to church. You glad to be here today? If you're new around here, relatively new, I'm Pastor Ryan. I'm the lead pastor here at the Bridge Goldsboro. I'm so excited that you're here today. We are in this really fun series with Dewey Sprinkles called Fake News. I'm glad to have Dewey alongside uh, with us for these weeks that we're doing fake news. Uh, here's, here's, the, here's the fact. Fake news is all around us. And what we mean by that is there are things in our lives, society tells us, sometimes they're just normal cliches, uh, but we believe it's true. And the only way to understand what a lie is, is to understand what the, what the truth is. And what we believe about the truth is that it's God's word. It is the supreme truth. So we have got to develop a lie detector. And what we mean by that is a biblical worldview. So that when these things come into our path, when we hear these things, we're able to say, you know what, this is what God's word says about it. So the best way to understand a lie is by understanding what the truth really is. And today we're going to be tackling the subject that I can change overnight. Have you ever tried to change overnight? The fact is, is that we have become uh, accustomed and almost addicted to instant gratification. Uh, I heard a, a comedian talking one time, and he was, he was talking about the fact that we, a long time ago, we, if we wanted the answer to something, we had a question, we had to go to the library. Anybody remember that? You actually had to open a book with pages. Um, and if the library didn't have it, you had to wait for the, get the book back to the library and then go and, and find out the answer. And sometimes that took a couple of days. Um, or if you fast forward to today, we have something called a phone. And what we do is we type it in, uh, the, whatever we want to know, and a signal goes off to a satellite into space, which is crazy, and then it goes to another satellite, and it searches the whole entire world to find the answer that we're looking for. It comes back to the satellite that it originally went to, and then comes back to our phone, and if it happens in less than, or, or more than five seconds, we're frustrated. I mean, it's like, give it a minute, it went to space, Right? Uh, but but we, we're, we're so accustomed to instant gratification. Speaking of gratification, say, say hey to the train. It goes by. Dewey Sprinkles might be on it. I, I don't know. He, he wanted to pop in. Um, but the fact is, is that we, we're so accustomed to instant gratification, we can very easily apply that to our lives and think, well, I can just, I can just change overnight. Some people, they, they try to quit smoking overnight, and sometimes that can happen. Cold turkey uh, can happen sometimes, but more than likely, it, it's a process. Sometimes we, we want to lose weight quick. Anybody ever tried to do that? I heard somebody say they had to, they had to leave a party early because they had to go home and, and, and lose weight. They had to lose 10 pounds by 8.30. I said, well, that's, that's going to be kind of tough. They were joking, but it was almost like the, the way things are today, we, we want to do it so fast. Um, how many of you have ever given in to one of those uh, make money fast now? And it's like a little system you buy, and you pay $99.99 in three installments, right? And then you find out that you've just gotten gypped out of three installments of $99.99, only to realize that money doesn't get made quickly. Uh, sometimes when we try to make changes, the church even gives us false impressions. We can. Sometimes we, we say things like, hey, come to church, say a prayer, feel God, and all your problems will go away. And, and the fact is, is that that just doesn't happen. What I've realized is that change, real change, it happens over time. It happens through a process. Have you ever had a microwave meal? Aren't they horrible? I mean, they're good in a pinch, but we can't live off of them. A microwave meal takes about three minutes to heat up, and it has all the nutritional value of the seat cushion that you're sitting in. I mean, it's just, it's just not, that, not that great. 
Um, but the difference between that and a, and a home-cooked meal, what's, what's the difference in that? Effort, love, heard somebody say. Taste, how about some friction and heat? How about some time? It, it takes time. Um, a microwavable meal is quick and easy, but you can't live off of it. And I think sometimes in life we try to microwave change. We try to make it happen real fast. Um, have, have you ever known somebody that you used to know in high school and you see them again some years later and maybe they, they grew up physically because time went on, but they're still acting like the same person that you knew? They still, they still think the same. They're still dealing with the same problems they used to deal with. Um, they're, they're still thinking the same about things. They just really haven't changed. And they've, they, what they've done is they've, they've tried to tackle all of their issues in life with quick fixes. It's like they're, they're microwaving change in their life. And, and we do it sometimes. We think, well, I, I can do it fast, and all the ugly characteristics about me will go away because I'm making this one decision. Or, you know, everything I want to shape up about myself, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it now, and I see myself as changed. Why do we, why do, we do that? Why do we choose that option? Well, the reason is because it's fast, and we like, we like fast. But real change doesn't happen microwavably. I remember growing up, uh, my dad was Italian. My mom uh, grew up around here, so they were like a train wreck meeting when they met um, uh, in terms of north and south. And, and God worked it out. It was beautiful. But one of the things I remember about growing up uh, in terms of the Italian side of my family was the homemade Italian sauce. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Well, the old wooden spoon that's like stained red almost where it's been used so much. And that same spoon got you on the backside when you weren't, you know. Anyway. Sauce took a long time to make. I, I remember it simmering for hours and smelling it all through the house. And all those flavors were blending together. And I remember uh, sometimes they would even let it cook overnight. It was the anticipation of waiting to eat that was, was almost unbearable. And I say that literally because it took forever. And one of the things about the sauce was trying to figure out how you were going to steal a meatball out of the pot without anybody's finding out. And sometimes the meatballs would be almost as big as your head. I mean, they were just huge. And so it seemed. And, and I remember trying to steal one of those meatballs. And uh, there's nothing worse than getting popped on the back of the hand uh, when you get caught trying to steal a meatball. The only thing I can describe it to is a wasp sting. I mean, if you've ever gotten stung by a wasp, that coupled with the hot tomato sauce splattering on your face and your hand, because when you let that meatball go in a, in a hurry, it splattered it back, back into the pot. But there's a difference between something microwavable that you can get in three minutes that tastes like absolutely nothing and does nothing for you and a homemade meal that takes a very long time to make, but it's made with some ingredients that's going to sustain you. That's what real change looks like over time in a process versus something that does nothing for you and that leaves you right back where you started to begin with. Does everybody understand that? And, and if you had the option to choose a microwavable meal over a, a home-cooked meal, you wouldn't do that. You'd choose the home-cooked meal every time, anybody in their right mind. But the difference is, is that you'd have to wait for the real thing. So stop microwaving your decisions in life if you want to make real change. And understand that there is a process that God wants to take you through when it comes to change. And when you really want to change, it's just like that home-cooked meal. It takes effort. It takes some friction. It takes some heat. It takes God taking you through a process. And that relates to time. And so what I want to do today is I, I, want, to, I want to talk to you about what it takes 
to have real change in your life. And I want to kind of compare it to that home-cooked meal. And we're going to talk about six phases that God will take you through when it comes to real change in your life. And we're going to kind of call these ingredients because we're going to, we're going to cook something together and something that, that you can take home. Um, and so, so every phase, every ingredient that we have, because change is difficult, it has a feeling attached to it. How many of you know that when you go through change, you got feelings about it? And sometimes we can act on our feelings, which is stupid to do, because then we say things we don't mean, and we do things that we can't take back. So what we're going to do with every ingredient, we're going to talk about the feeling associated with it, but we're also going to talk about an action step that you can do so that we can know truth and that we can go forward acting on truth and not just feelings. But before we start cooking, I want you, I feel like I'm on a cooking show right now, um, but before we, start, before we start doing this and, and cooking this great meal called Change Together, I just want you to think about the thing in your life right now that, that you know you need to change. I want you to think about the things in your life that, that you know need to be different. Because the fact is, is that you probably already know what it is right now. Good. But I want you to think about that. Whatever it is, I want you to know that you can do it. And I also want you to know that God can help you. And God wants to help you. And God is here for you. So let's talk about these ingredients. Here, here's the first phase that we, we come to whenever we talk about real change, and that's this, concern. We have a concern in our lives because something is out of whack. We know something needs to change. And you probably have been in this phase. Uh, you may be in it right now. Um, sometimes you don't know what it is in life, or, or maybe you do, but you know one thing, that something needs to change. I don't know what it is, maybe, or I do know what it is, but I know I've got to do something about this feeling that I have. It might be your marriage that's in trouble. It might be your finances that's in trouble. Uh, it could be your health or your spiritual life. Um, maybe you just don't seem to have that edge like you used to have whenever you were worshiping and praising God, or you kind of feel close to Him, and, and now maybe spiritually, you just feel like you've lost that edge. Something, something doesn't feel as sharp as it used to, but you find yourself thinking, no matter what it is, that something has to be done. And the feeling that we have associated with this is discomfort and restlessness. And so something has to change. And, and a lot of people, sadly, they live here. They live in this phase of concern, and they live well, with discomfort and restlessness and conflict, and, and what they do is they avoid the issue altogether, and they run, and they become afraid of change. And so the result is they, they stay here sometimes, and problems deepen um, and, and until concern becomes a healthy action, until I actually say, I'm going to do something. And the action for this step is not to stay in discomfort or restlessness, but as you, as you are there, listen for God's voice. Because God is going to tell you something. He's going to give you a direction. He is going to, to aim you at something. But, and, and I want to pause here for a second because I know when we talk about hearing God's voice, for a lot of us, that seems like a mystery. And I'm just going to be honest. For me, there's been times where trying to hear from God seems like I'm trying to get this podium to speak to me. It's like, God, I, I know you can talk. I want to hear your voice, but I don't know how to hear you. And I'm sure some of you have kind of had that had that same mentality at times. If we can just be honest, doesn't God's, or, or the concept of trying to hear God, it, sound, it seems like a mystery at times. But you, you know what the fact is? This is what the Bible says. This isn't what my feelings or your feelings say. The Bible says that God talks all the time. In fact, in Job chapter 33, verse 14, it says God does speak. <laughs> sometimes one way, sometimes another, but he speaks, even though mankind may not understand it. So the fact is that God is talking all the time. It comes down to our ability to position ourselves 
to be able to hear what that is and break down the barriers in our lives to be able to hear his voice. If you think about the fact that there's Wi-Fi in this room right now, it's all around us, but until you connect to it, you don't get internet. <laughs> and God's voice is speaking to us all the time. Maybe we just need to tune into it. And so there's different barriers when it comes to hearing God's voice. And I just want to take a minute to talk about these. Uh, maybe it's your time. Maybe your time is out of whack. And, and you, can't, you can't hear him because you're so busy doing so many things. There is absolutely no room on the plate of your life spiritually for you to hear God's voice. And maybe you just need to break down the barrier by, by reordering some of your priorities. M maybe a barrier is pride for you. Maybe, and what I mean by pride is you come first before God. And so when you do come to God, you come to him with your ideas and with your philosophy and with your idea of doing things. And, and you want, you know, your, your plan and God's power and you want that to marry. And, and God is saying, I, I, I want you to hear my voice, but you've got something so different than what I have planned that you can't hear what I'm saying because you can't receive it. And so maybe pride, maybe you just need to say, God, I'm coming to you empty. And I don't know what you want to say to me, but I do know that I want to hear you. And so I, I just choose to empty myself. Maybe that's a barrier for hearing his voice. May, maybe a barrier for you is unforgiveness. Maybe you thought you forgave. Maybe you didn't. Maybe you're harboring bitterness. And I'm telling you, that, that's a big barrier. That's a stronghold in your life that, that God wants to help you break. Because God wants you to forgive just like he forgave you, pushing you forward in life to be able to hear him and make you better. What, whatever it is, hearing God's voice that's the first ingredient in real change as we begin to understand what our concerns are. If you have a concern, start by hearing God's voice. And then another part of the recipe of change in your life uh, could include a crisis. Maybe that's something that God wants to put in the pot of your life. And, and that's an ingredient that we never think that we want to use because it hurts. And, and crisis, man, happens whenever what was once a concern now it's at the forefront. Now you can't put it on the back burner anymore. Now it's not in the back of your mind. It's here. Maybe something happens. Maybe you get fired from your job or, or your spouse looks at you and says, I can't take this anymore. I, I don't want to do this anymore. Um, maybe a, a doctor says, it's bad. And all of a sudden, what was a concern, now all of a sudden is a crisis in your life. Maybe the spending habits that you had are now bringing you to a place where your finances are not doing so hot and you're having to understand the, 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 the crisis of debt collectors calling and, and you not being able to get out of it, whatever it is, it was a concern, and now it's a crisis. And it's saying, I'm here, and now you have to do something about it. And the feeling that comes with this ingredient is intense pain. We feel it. And, and you, you know what we're wired to do when pain comes around? We talked about this last week. We're wired to run. We're wired to avoid pain. We do not run to pain. We run away from pain. And it's a natural inclination, but that's not what God wants you to do in this. God, he, he wants you to stay in that pain, but he wants you to do this. Here's your action step. Accept God's comfort. Now, we try to comfort ourselves naturally. And that's why this, this is so important right here. Because when crisis comes in your life, God could be using it as ingredient for change in your life. But you can't ask God to take away the pain or run the other way and try to handle it yourself. Or self-medicate or deaden the pain somehow. You just need to sit in that pain and let God come alongside of you and accept his comfort because it is there. Don't run away. God is with you. Isaiah chapter 42 verse 3 says that God will encourage the faint-hearted and that he, those who are tempted to despair, he will encourage you. It, maybe you're here today 
and, and you're just tempted to give up. You're tempted to run in the other direction because there's a crisis in your life. And what God is saying to you right now through his word is that he wants to come alongside your pain and he wants to heal you. He wants to, he wants to motivate you for some great change in your life. He's saying in the midst of your pain, I'm here. And in the midst of your pain, I care. Don't ask God to get you out of the crisis. Just know and accept that he's there in the middle of it. Know that it could be an ingredient to change in your life. And as the, the ingredient of crisis is in your life, let it, let it lead you to the next thing in real change, and that's choice. This is the next ingredient in real change, choice. This is where you decide, I'm going to be different. <laughs> this is where you say, I'm not doing things like I used to. I am actually going to do something about this. I'm not going to ignore it anymore. I have choices to make. And you start asking yourself the questions, will I accept that something's wrong or am I going to live in denial? You know, will I accept responsibility for this or am I, going to, am I going to continue to blame other people? Will I believe that God wants to bring good into my life through what's happening right now or am I going to get mad at God and, and pull away from him? But I have a choice I have to make and this is a key ingredient. You're going to, when, when real change happens in your life, you are going to be faced with a choice. I have a choice to make. And you know what the fact is? The fact is, is there are so many other choices that we can make. We can choose to escape. We can choose to face that hurt and that crisis and, and run in the other direction. We can escape. We, there's all kinds of ways to do it. We can get depressed. And sometimes that's just a, a natural thing we go through because of crisis. But God doesn't want you to stay there and pity yourself. And we're so good at pitying ourselves. We, we are. We, oh, poor pitiful me. And then we just pile it on top of each other. And I remember one of the worst times of pain in my life. I was, I was feeling so sorry for myself. And I never heard God more clear say, you like to hurt, don't you? I was like, I thought you were supposed to be helping me, God. <laughs> but he was opening my eyes to the fact that I'm, I'm pitying myself right now. And yes, I hurt, but God don't want to come alongside my pity party. He wants to take that thing down and, and lead me in something that's actually going to do me some good. Some people even, even make the choice to hide at church. We go through crisis, and we just want to come in here and, and smile and sing the songs and, and serve and put on a face. All the while on the inside, we're doing nothing to change on the inside. And on the outside, we're, we're doing all these other things. In this phase, you can't keep doing what you've been doing and expect real change to take place. Pretend everything is fine. Uh, the feeling that's typically associated with this is, is being scared and being confused. We know we have a choice to make, but we don't know what's going to happen. So we decide to sit and idle and just kind of pretend everything's fine. We're, we're scared. We, how is this going to work out if I make a choice to actually go through this pain? How, how is this going to work out if I actually move toward the change that I know needs to happen in my life? Because it's not a matter of, of knowing it. It's not a matter of, of deciding, you know, one time. I actually have to do something, but i got to make the choice first. And, and I sit there kind of freaked out a little bit about what's actually going to happen. And, and don't be surprised during this stage if things actually get worse before they get better. And, and this is where a lot of people bail. Um, have you ever decided to get in shape and, like, the first day after the first workout, you're sore? <laughs> you're like, why is this happening to me right now? Um, I, you know, we'll bail if we don't really understand what our body's doing. And that's what a lot of people do. They get scared about what's going to happen and they bail. They get scared about the feelings they have and they, they get confused about their faith or they say, you know what, just forget it. I'm, I'm not doing this. I'm better off the other way. At least I felt more comfortable. 
You know, you haven't made a mistake. Please understand that. You're cooking something delicious. And when you're cooking something delicious, it takes time. It takes effort. It takes some heat and it takes some friction. So, so hang in there. You're, you're doing something that's awesome and God is taking part in your life in something called real change. Not to just withdraw back to the same old you. Not to be that person you knew in high school that's just the same old person doing the same old thing, thinking the same old thoughts, having the same old hang-ups. You're doing something different in your life. You're, you're pushing forward to real change. And when the fear of this phase grips you, here's your action, is focus on God and not your circumstances. If you focus on your circumstances, you will bail every single time because your circumstances will always be bigger than your ability to handle it. Always. You know what? If, if, if you ever watch cowboy movies, when somebody's out of ammunition, they throw the gun down and they run because the other guy now has the advantage. Well, you're like that guy in life. Life will always be able to outweigh your ability to handle it. But if you focus just on your circumstances, you're always going to bail. But if we focus on God, who's bigger than anything we could ever imagine, bigger than any circumstance you could ever face, then he will help you get through the circumstances. So you got to focus on God. Don't focus on the circumstances. Look to him for courage to make right decisions. I, I love the book of Jonah. We all remember him uh, for being in the belly of a fish, right? Just kind of a weird story, but it happened. L listen to what he said in chapter 2, verse 7. He said, when my life was slipping away, I remembered God, and my prayer got through to you. And that's, that's what you can know in the midst of your crisis, what you can know in the midst of your fear as you're trying to make a choice, is that even when you feel like your life's slipping away, when you cry out to God, it reaches his ears. He hears you, and he wants to help you. I love Isaiah 43, uh, verses 1 through 4. He says, this is God talking to him. He's talking to you. He says, don't be afraid because I've redeemed you. Somebody needs to hear this today. God is saying, I've, I've called your name. You're mine. And when you're in over your head, I'll be there with you. When you're in rough waters, you will not go down. When you're between a rock and a hard place, it won't be a dead end because I'm your God. I'm your personal God, and I paid a huge price for you. That's God's word to you today. Focus on the God that's saying that. Don't focus on the circumstances that are trying to drag you down. Don't focus on the circumstances that are feeding you with lies and, and emptiness. Focus on God that says, not only do I love you, but I paid a big price for you. And, and my promises were just as true as they were several thousand years ago when this was written. They're just as true today. It's, it's, it's your choice to focus on that. And it's a key ingredient to this awesome meal in life called real change. And you can do it, and God wants to help. And then the recipe for change will include, eventually, comprehension. It, it, all of a sudden, as you're going through this, and, and you begin to make some choices for God, all of a sudden, eventually, you'll, you'll know enough about your problem. You'll begin to, to realize some things about yourself. You'll begin to realize some things about God and his role in all of this and, and how you're going to take your next step. You, you're going to begin to understand what the real problem was all along. You're going to begin to understand what it's actually going to take to change. And this is the moment that we have the feeling of being cautiously hopeful. We have hope. We're starting to think, hey, maybe I can actually do this. Hey, maybe this, this will work out. But I want you to remember something about this phase. The truth will set you free. We've all heard that, that, that Bible verse. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Uh, but knowing the truth and thinking differently enough to actually do something about it are two completely different things. 
So at this phase, you'll begin to understand some things, but that doesn't mean you're completely changed yet. You're only in, in ingredient number four. Um, knowing what the problem is and knowing what the problem was and knowing kind of how to take a next step, it doesn't mean that you're changed. I hear people tell me sometimes, that, you know, Pastor, that, that was a great sermon. I'm, I've been set free today. And I get what they're saying. I'm, I'm totally in uh, with, with understanding that, hey, when we make a decision for Christ, our soul can be set free in, a, in just a, a, no time. Christ accomplished that a long time ago. But to say that, you know, your whole life has changed, well, that's, that's a little steep because this is going to be a process of change in your life. What you've really experienced is a shot in the arm of hope. <laughs> what you've really been set free and what, what you're feeling is the hope that, hey, you can actually do this. And that's a great feeling. But don't stop there because your action step is this. Take every opportunity to learn. Don't stop at hope. Hope is good. Hope is what's actually going to push you to actually take steps. But once you have hope, learn some things. And that has everything to do with the, about the way you think. You've got to think different. Just don't, don't stop at knowing what you need to do. Actually do it. Learn how. And just real quick, one of the ways that we offer uh, for you to be able to do that, one of the things we offer at the bridge is bridge groups. And we're going to be actually starting promoting bridge groups in September. September. In October, we're going to be launching bridge groups. And you'll have the opportunity to, to sign up for a group and get with people and, and meet during the week and learn things about God and grow together in truth and in relationship with each other. Um, not only is it going to be a time of, of learning about God and growing together, but it's going to be a time of fun and doing things together and hanging out. And so many of you have said, I, I need to make new Christian friends and I need to get connected to people. Church is great, but it's, it's kind of, we're here on Sunday for an hour or so, and then we go and I need something during the week. This is that. And this gives you a great opportunity when you have this comprehension phase going on in your life, this ingredient to change. Um, it gives you an opportunity to actually put some feet to it, to actually learn some things about God and have people alongside of you that are doing that. Be looking out for bridge groups coming, uh, starting uh, promotion in September. Um, but before your actions can change, you, your, your thinking has to change. You actually have to say, I, I need to learn some things about God and not just be hopeful for it. Your thinking is important. How, how many of you know that what you think about is what you actually do in life? What you feed your mind is actually what you end up doing in life. It was so important, and, and the Bible even talks about it in Philippians 4, 8. He says this, fix your thoughts. Everybody say thoughts. Fix them, position them. Fix your thoughts on what is true and what is good and what is right. Think about things that are pure and lovely. Dwell on the fine good things in other people. Think about all you can, praise God for, and be glad about it. Think about everything you can praise God for and be glad about it. He's saying feed yourself thoughts that move you forward, not backward. So easily we can just feed ourselves the things that take us backward, but what he's saying is when you think different, you learn different. The things you want to think about, the things you feed yourself, that's what you're going to position yourself to be able to learn. And you won't experience real change in life until your thinking changes and you're learning something new. So whenever you have this, this ingredient called comprehension happening in this process of real change, don't, you're going to have some hope. You're going to be able to understand some things about why and how and, and maybe your next step. But then put some feet to it because then you're going to move to the next phase of change, the next ingredient that God wants to use in this meal called real change, and it's called conduct. It's when you actually do something. That's when you're not just believing in the things that you know. 
and this newfound knowledge that you have, but you find yourself actually living it out. You find yourself actually putting your feet on the ground and doing it. The Bible calls it repentance. Now, we seem to think of repentance as just falling down and being sorrowful and, and God forgiving us, and that's true, but repentance simply means to turn and go the other way. I was going this way, and now I'm going to turn, and I'm going to do a 180, and I'm going to go the opposite way. I'm going to go the opposite direction of the direction that I previously was going in, and I'm actually doing it. I'm not standing here thinking about it. I'm not standing here idling. I haven't just made a choice and doing nothing about it. I don't just know a few things, but I'm actually walking, and I'm actually doing it. My conduct is actually different. You ever known somebody, or maybe, maybe it was you, I've done it at times, you know what to do, but you don't do it. I know what to do, but I don't do it. I love giving people advice on how to work out because I don't do it. <laughs> I know I should be, but I don't. I'm going to get back to it one day. I keep telling myself that, but I never do. Uh, hopefully I will, but until then, I know, I know some things that I don't do. And spiritually thinking, when it comes to change, we, we can know some things that we're not doing. Oh, we're good. We could write a book about it. We can tell other people how to do it but our lives aren't doing it. You know what that's called? Can I just be real? It's stupid. <laughs> it's dumb. In fact, it, the Bible says this. It's kind of funny. James chapter 1, verse 22 through 24. It says, do what God's teaching says. Don't just listen and do nothing. I love this. When you only sit and listen, you're fooling yourself. A person who hears God's teaching and does nothing is like a man or a woman looking in a mirror sees his face, and then goes away and quickly forgets what he looked like. <laughs> Some of you did that this morning. You forgot what you looked like whenever you got here, and that's why you look like you do now. Just kidding. <laughs> He's saying, don't just, don't just tell me what, what, what you're going to do. Show me. Don't just think about the things you're supposed to do and have a knowledge of it, but actually do it. And the feeling that is associated with this sometimes can be frustration. Because we actually have to put one foot in front of the other and do and break up the routine of what we, we had with the normal uh, conduct. And we actually have to break that up and we actually have to do it in real life. And it's frustrating because now we have to say no to some things that we used to say yes to. And we actually have to say no to some people we used to say yes to. And we actually have to include maybe some quiet time with God or, or some time where we're focusing on him. And we don't have any time left in our day. So you know what that means? That means we either have to remove something or we got to wake up earlier or we got to stay up later. And, and it's frustrating. We don't know how. And the reason why it's frustrating is because when we start to do new things, it's just awkward. First time you ever walked in these doors, you were a little uneasy. You were a little unsure. Maybe you're here new today, and you kind of know that, that feeling. But then you come a few times, and it just it gets easier. But the first time you do it, it's awkward. It's weird. It's maybe a little frustrating. And that's what it's like whenever we start to actually imp implement change, and our conduct begins to change. So what, what's our action step? We, we're feeling this way, but our action step is this. Commit and trust. Commit. I'm, I'm going to do this. Make it up in your mind. That's why he said your mind is so important, what you fix your thoughts on. So I'm going to do it, and I'm going to aim my thoughts at doing it, and I'm going to trust that God is working this thing out for my good, and he's with me. When it's frustrating, when it's difficult, I'm going to trust that the change that I'm trying to make in my life is going to happen because God is with me. He is my strength. He is helping me. I'm going to trust that, that my actions and my conduct are moving me towards something that is beautiful. In our context, something delicious. <laughs> it's going to be good. It's going to be beautiful. Don't try to microwave the change. It's frustrating. Let's, let's just get frustrated for a minute. And in that frustration, say, you know what? I'm doing it. I'm doing this. 
I'm going to commit to it, and I'm going to trust God. You've got to remember Psalm 37, verse 5. Commit everything you do to the Lord, and trust Him, and He'll help you do it. He'll, he, will, he will help you do it. Trust Him. Commit to God and trust Him. And once you do this, once, once you've gone through these phases, once you've got all these ingredients together and it's smelling good in your life, you know, and it's the, the aroma of this beautiful home-cooked meal, you've, it's been some heat, it's been some friction, there's been some, some time gone by, and you're actually doing things in life that's looking different and you're feeling good about yourself. There's one ingredient left that a lot of people leave out, and that's simply this, a commitment to continue. Have you ever cooked a, a home-cooked meal and then just looked at it? and then threw it down the garbage disposal? No, we wouldn't do that. You disappoint yourself and everybody waiting to eat it, right? <laughs> well, that's, that's what happens whenever we make all these, this effort in our life to go through these phases, and then everything kind of normalizes again, and then we just revert back to the way we used to do it. It, it can very easily happen because when there's crisis involved, we know we need to change. When there's concern, we're, we're motivated to change. When we're feeling frustrated, sometimes we just get spiritually stubborn and we dive in and we trust God and everything's all engines ahead. And then eventually we make some, some conduct changes and we know some things and, and things begin to kind of level out a little bit and things begin to get normal. We take a, a deep breath and, and then things start to just get routine and mundane. Maybe a month's gone by. I don't know, maybe longer, maybe shorter. And then we just go, eh. And we kind of default to what we know. We default backwards. And this is the most important ingredient if you're going to cook the meal and actually eat it. <laughs> we got to make a commitment that, you know what, this, this is what we're going to do. This, this is going to be my life. That I'm, you got to ask yourself, is, is this going to be a lifelong thing for me? Or was this just something that I did just to kind of get rid of the pain? Is this going to be something that betters me and makes me stronger? Is this going to be a lifelong process for me of discovering God's plan for my life and, and living it out? Is this going to be a lifestyle? Or is this something that I just did temporarily because I knew I needed to, but now I don't have the feelings associated with change anymore and I'm just going to go backwards? When, when you're faced with this ingredient, it's the most important one. It's the one that seals the deal. God's done everything he is going to do, and he's helped you thus far all the way through. But he's not, he's not going to make this decision for you. In fact, he loves you so much, he sent his son to die for you. But he loves you so much that he gives you the choice to continue to follow him. It's up to you. And when we get to this place, the, the, the feelings are hopeful. We have hope. But we also have some discouragement. Because we, we don't, am I really going to do this? Because then it starts to get normal, and then I want to do the normal things I used to do. And, and is this really going to be a lifelong thing for me, or is this just going to be something that I did at one time in my life? There's, there's also feelings of anticipation. What if? What if I actually continue to do this? What could God do on this amazing journey God calls life? Years ago, I, I knew a guy whose life was falling apart. He made some really horrible decisions in his marriage and had two beautiful kids, and his wife ended up leaving him. Um, it was a really bad situation. And I'll never forget, he was broken. And so he started coming to our church, uh, the church I was working at at the time. And we, of course, we took him in. And he said, I want to make some changes in my life. I don't want to be the same guy. And I remember thinking, that's awesome. And so he started coming to church. He was at the altar. He was you know, giving his life to God. 
um, great musician. He was like, I want to serve. Where, where, where can I serve? I want to serve God. And so we were like, yeah, man, let's, let's do it. And so he, got, he joined the band. Great musician. Got in good with, with the guys and the gals in the band. You know, they formed a family there, kind of like their own little, little group. And they begin to do life together and do things. And I'll never forget watching him kind of go through all these phases. I'll take all these ingredients and, and cook something really beautiful. And I'll never forget, he got right to the end. And all of a sudden, I watched him fail to make that commitment for a lifelong process. To fail to say that I'm, I'm going to continue this. And I watched him go right back into his old lifestyle. He started out cooking strong. I'll never forget it. But just like all of us, we eventually ask ourselves the question, Will I let this change define me, or am I going to quit? Your action step is simple. When you have the feelings of hope and discouragement and even anticipation, your action step is do not be a quitter. Don't be a quitter. Tell yourself, I'm, I'm going to do this. And, and sometimes we get tired, and we're like, it was easier the other way. Listen, Galatians 6, 9, let's read it. It says, don't let us get tired of doing what's right. God, we, after a while, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't get discouraged and give up. Don't stop. You've cooked something beautiful up until now. God's going to be with you the whole way. And some of us maybe get scared and say, I don't know how I'm going to sustain this. Listen, you don't have to carry the weight of this, of this thing called a life with God. You're not perfect. That's why God's going to do it with you. <laughs> if you could do it, he wouldn't have ever had to come to this earth to die in our place. He would have never said, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave and go to heaven, but I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to empower you, to, to teach you, to help you, to be your comforter, to be your guide, and, and a million other things that the Holy Spirit does in our life. He would have never done that if we could do it ourselves. He's the one that's doing the work in us, not us. Well, all we're doing is saying yes. All we're doing is saying, I'm empty, have me, use me. And it's amazing the things that God will do in your life when you just come empty and say, I'm nothing. He'll make you something. You ever heard the expressions, the first will be last and the last shall be first and all this? Kind of, well, God's the one that does that. Make yourself last. Make yourself empty. And this is what he says in Philippians 1.6. He's, I'm sure that the God who began this work within you, he's going to keep right on helping you grow in his grace until his task within you is finally finished on that day when Jesus Christ returns. He's saying he is going to be with you, helping you accomplish everything you need to accomplish, all the change that you need to make, all these ingredients, everything that you need to do. He's saying, I'm going to help you do it until Jesus comes back. You ever seen someone doing something and they do it all the time? But yeah, he's going to be doing that until Jesus comes back. <laughs> it's like, we just know he's going to be doing it forever, right? He's never going to stop. That's what God's saying his work in you is going to be. He is going to continue to work in you until actually Jesus comes back. <laughs> he's going to be helping you. You don't have to worry about it. You can rest assured that when you give your life to God, he will not stop. Quick fixes, microwavable changes, they, they don't last. You, you know what I've learned about microwavable meals? There, there's really only one serving in there because you typically eat them alone. <laughs> they're kind of depressing if you think about it. You eat them by yourself. They're just, they're no good for anything. But when real change happens in your life, when you begin to get a grip that, hey, God wants to do something more substantial and more, uh, he wants to take you through a process to, to establish something real in you, it's, it's not just for you, but you begin to affect everybody around you when real change happens. That big old pot of sauce, I mean, gosh, it must have been the size of a swimming pool. I mean, it was huge. This is a really small swimming pool, but I'm just saying it was big. 
You know what I realized about that pot of sauce, about that meal? There was enough for everybody. <laughs> and, and, and what I'm saying is God wants to establish real change in you, and it'll affect everybody in your life. You'll be a better husband. You'll be a better wife. You'll be a better spouse. You'll be a better father, a mother. You'll be a better brother and sister and aunt and grandma and grandpa. Everybody in your life around you will be different and changed because of something that happens on the inside of you that's real. And then, interestingly enough, that big pot of sauce, there's always leftovers. And then you come back the next day and you eat more and, and it's real ingredients, so you're nourished and, and it's, people come over a week later like, yeah, we got some food left over. And then all of a sudden they're fed and then other people are, please take some home, we have so much, you know, and you're emptying out your Tupperware, not the good that you want to keep because you know you're never going to get it back, but the kind that you don't mind sending and never getting back again. You know what I mean? When you're Italian, you cook a lot of food, there's always leftovers you're sending with people. When you make real change in your life, you're, you begin to affect everybody you come into contact with. And that stupid little microwavable meal that has the nutritional value of the seat cushion and doesn't taste like anything and doesn't do anything, it feeds just you, and then you're empty. Choose the home-cooked meal. Choose the ingredients that we talked about today. Choose the process, and God will establish something real in you. He'll establish something perfect in you. He'll establish something beautiful in you. And not only will you be changed, but you'll change everybody around you. Can you stand with me today? We're going to say a prayer. Our prayer team is going to come up right now, and, and they're here for you. If, if, if you have some needs that you want someone to pray with you about, I want you to know that we have a church where you can have somebody pray with you right here today. Maybe you don't feel comfortable doing that. Here's the first thing I would say. I would say try to fight that a little bit. Challenge yourself because the devil wants you to do it alone. He wants to isolate you. But I wonder if, if, you, if that's you, if you're like, no, I don't want to have anybody pray for me, but you know you need to, I just want you to be bold today and say, hey, I'm going to have somebody pray for me today. We have somebody up here who can do that for you. Can we just say a prayer together? And I'm, I'm going to kind of pray this two ways. One, if you're in this room and you, you have some changes you know you need to make in your life, and maybe you're in one of, these, one of these phases right now, and you know, I just need to take the next step. I want to pray for boldness for you. But my prayer is not going to do it. It's going to be your decision to take the next step. The Bible says that the steps of somebody in right standing with him is ordered. In other words, they're already laid out, but he won't take the steps for you. So I'm just going to, I'm going to pray some boldness into you today, but I just, I'll, you're the one that has to say yes and do it. And I believe real change can happen. I believe God loves each and every one of you, myself included, so much that he's going to give us everything we need to actually do this. The second thing I'm going to pray, maybe you're here today and, and you do have some problems in this life. You do have some changes you need to make but there's something that you really haven't addressed and that's where you're going to spend eternity. And God is so much more interested in where you're going to spend eternity than some temporal problems you have on this life. I think we need to make sure our priorities are, are straight and what's first and what comes second and your eternal uh, priority. That's, that's where God wants to, that's where he wants to meet you right now first. So that's going to be another prayer that I pray today. And if that's you, I pray for boldness again, that you would say yes to him and get that straight, because God forbid, we, we don't know how long our life is on earth. Guys, can I just get straight with you for a minute? If you remember back in 2008 when the economy tanked, the funeral home business didn't miss a lick. You want to know why? Because every person dies at some time. The Bible says it's appointed for, for mankind to die one time. We're all going to face it. Let's not pretend like we're not. There's a real eternity in, in one of two places. There's a real heaven and there's a real hell. And Jesus loved you so much, he died 
for you, <laughs> gave up his life, gave up the glories of heaven, came down here and died for you so that you could go to heaven. Would you choose him today? Let's pray. God, we're honored that you would have us here. Yet each and every one of us knows that we can't do this alone. We've tried and we know that we're not perfect. We all can at least admit that. We're not perfect. We fail. We all fail miserably. There is no scale of, of a good failure or a really bad failure. It's all failure. And we're all human beings. So I just, right now, just want to level the playing field for all of us. We all fail. Every one of us in the room. I don't care how nice we dress. I don't care who seems to have it going on and who don't. At the end of the day, we're all human beings and we're in need. And Lord, today we, we've talked about change and the fact that we don't want to fool ourselves into believing that we can change overnight and make quick fixes, microwavable changes. Lord, but real change happens over time and you want to walk us through some very important ingredients so that we can change. So I, I just pray for boldness right now, God, all over this room for every individual. Lord, for, for those of us, no matter what phase of change they're in, I know we all got changes we need to make. So I, I pray for, for some boldness and some wisdom to let us understand where exactly we are and what our next step needs to be. We don't have to have the end result in view. We just need to know our next step. So I pray for wisdom right now. Some of you in this room know right now what it is you need to do. You, need, you, you know you need to hear God's voice, but you know you need to forgive somebody first. You, you, you know you need to hear his voice, but you know you need to reprioritize your time. You, you, you know you're, you, you don't need to just think about what you need to do anymore, but you actually need to do it. You need to put one foot in front of the other, and actually your conduct needs to change. What God, wherever we are today, every single person in the room, give us wisdom on what the next step is, God, and give us a boldness to step out and do it. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Don't let us be satisfied any longer faking it, pretending it, but let us take steps forward so that we can have real change affecting us and every single person that we love and care for and every person that we meet. Lord, for those of us in the room who need to say yes to you for the very first time or for the first time in a long time, Lord, for those of us in the room who if, if, if something were to happen, God forbid, today, Lord, they don't know where they would spend eternity. Lord, I, I pray right now by the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord, that you would encourage them, Lord, motivate them. Lord, your word calls it convicting, that the convicting power of the Holy Spirit would just reach them right where they're at. Everybody in this room and everybody that's listening to my voice. Church, this isn't Pastor Ryan. This, this is God speaking to you. If you feel that right now in your heart, I want you to know that's, that's, that's the voice of God speaking to your heart right now. It's loving, it's kind. It's not mean-spirited or, or any type of hatred or any condemnation. It's, it's the most loving conviction you'll ever feel. God, we just want to say yes to you today. If you'd be bold enough, pray this prayer with me. God, I need you. Lord, there's, there's nothing about me that's good, and I'm sorry for fooling myself into believing that. I want to live for you. God, I, I want to make my eternity secure right now. I, I really believe that you came here to die for me, to pay a penalty that I couldn't pay. I believe that you really died, but that you really rose again to pay for my sins. And I, I don't necessarily know where I go from here. I don't know all the decisions that I need to make from here, but I know I want to start with you. 
I believe what the Bible says, that your word says that there is a pace for me, and all I have to do is keep up with the pace that you set for me. I don't have to worry about what everybody else is doing or, or what everyone thinks I should do, but I, I keep the pace you set for me. So I just want to wake up every day and aim my heart at you and open up myself to you, God. And I trust that you'll help me make the decisions that I need to make from here on out. But I say yes to you today, and I pray that in Jesus' name. Can we say amen together?